and welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. I'm your host, Savannah. And I'm your host, Brian. And we are so excited to welcome one of our favorite people to the show today, the one, the only, Tom Spina. Whoop, whoop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Oh, thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. It's great to, uh, always great to be chatting with both of you. We are thrilled to have you. So for those of you who may not know Tom, which you should, you probably recognize his name. He is the founder and creator of Tom Spina Designs and Regal Robot. Um, and he is a huge Star Wars fan. So it makes perfect sense that he's on the Dorky Diva Show because we love Star Wars. Um, but Tom, can you tell us a little bit about what Tom Spina Designs is and how you created it? Sure. Um, and and I'll preface by saying that Tom Spina Designs is a little bit... Someone once uh, referred to the shop as as sort of like the... Um, Oh, like the the all-in-one pocket knife or like leather man tool kind of thing where uh, it, it is, it's the shop that does all kinds of fun and cool stuff. Um, and that ranges from sculpture, uh, making bronze busts or wax type figures or realistic creations, prop builds. Uh, to theme park stuff where we're doing big foam sculptures or fiberglass pieces, to custom mannequins and uh, and displays for original costumes from movies, uh, to restoring original props, actual prop history that were used in the films that we all know and love, um, and restoring these amazing pieces of, of monster and movie history to uh, keep them around for the ages and for people to enjoy. And your work is everywhere. I went up to Mopop in Seattle, the Museum of Pop Culture. Oh, yeah. And I went to the uh -huh. Jim Henson exhibit, and they had, like, this, you know, special exhibit. I think it was only there for a limited time. And I was just excited to go and see the Muppets. And then I was looking mm -hmm. at all the plaques around the exhibit, and your name was on them. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. He's here, too? So you... I'm everywhere. You've yeah, restored yeah. all kinds of things. We really do. And, you know, uh, to me, the Muppet stuff is really special. I, uh, so uh, as a kid, um, and, you know, you, you asked before, and I just totally ignored it, sorry. The, you know, <laughs> how did Tom Spina design start? R really, it starts in like 1976. I'm like three and four years old, and um, I'm obsessed with King Kong and Mighty Joe Young and The Wizard of Oz because those were just all cool things. Um, I... Uh, dive head first into the Muppet show. Um, I had obviously it was a Sesame street kid. Everybody was back then. We only had like four channels. So. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the Muppet show was this revelation of anarchistic creativity and, uh, just wonderful simplicity. And, and I know sometimes simplicity sounds like an insult, but in this case it's such a beautiful thing. Um, and the, um, that imagination of Jim Henson captured me so whole, wholly. And then uh, Star Wars comes out and, you know, absolutely shattered my little brain uh, <laughs> with this bar full of monsters. And uh, I just was obsessed with the making of this stuff. Um, there were kids my age that, you know, loved Kermit the Frog and loved... Uh, Fozzie Bear and Sam Eagle and whoever. Um, I wanted to know how they made the Swedish chef work. You know, I wanted to know how they got 
uh, Gonzo's eye mechanism to go up and down. And, and I wanted to know how they made those monsters in the cantina. How did they make those ships fly across the screen? I knew none of it was real. I still loved the movies. And I could immerse myself in the story because, you know, it's a wonderful story. But for me, the obsession from day one was how did this get made? How is this possible? Is this someone's livelihood? Does someone do this? Can I do this? Is this a thing? <laughs> is this a job? Um, <laughs> yeah, is this a job? You know, and so I was always making puppets. I was always making monsters. And eventually in college, we made an episode of like the Muppet Show um, just for fun. It was we we came in and took over the TV lab for uh, over Christmas break. We we got a we lucked out and had a really good head of the department that liked us and <laughs> let me and my buddies do what we wanted. And we uh, you know, built a bunch of characters and uh, and made this little video just for and we submitted it to the college you know uh, film festival at the end of the year or whatever and and i sent a copy over to the henson company um not looking for anything not thinking it was an audition of any kind just as a you guys inspired us so much all of us and so many people uh, this is just this is a little of what you know you you've sparked and thank you so much for for what you've done um and wound up getting a, a call from uh, Kevin Clash, who was Elmo at the time. Oh my and, gosh. Um, you know, ha Dude. apparently just, you know, he had shown it to the other puppeteers. They all really loved it. Um, I, I wound up going down and, and um, meeting with um, a very nice woman at the, the Henson main offices, their, their beautiful townhouse that they had for years. Um, and, she gave me a tour of the place and she started, she kind of introduced me to a few people and it was just this weird magical moment in life where you can look back and just, it's such a pivotal moment where someone says like, Oh, this is Tom Spina. He's a puppeteer. And it was just, yes, wow. yes, I am. I never <laughs> like I, and granted a lot of the reason we were doing this was because to, you know, sort of like Jim did. Yeah, Jim got into puppets because he wanted to do TV. Um, I got into puppets because of, you know, what was inspiring me and creatures and monsters. But, you know, whenever we made a film in college or we made a TV thing, it was always as an excuse to create some monsters. Um, so maybe it was almost the reverse of Jim. Um, but so she uh, got a great tour there. She said, you know, if you're a builder, you should really see the workshop. And I said, yes, yes, I should see the workshop. That's a great <laughs> idea. Um and at the workshop, uh, it was a few weeks later, I got to meet Ed Christie, who um, was the head of the workshop at the time, uh, along with another fella. And he, uh, I guess, you know, he saw a little something he liked in my book of terrible Polaroids of these bad <laughs> knockoff Muppets. And uh, he had asked, he would, I remember he asked me a few questions about how I made some of the things. And, uh, he used a few technical terms, you know, real technical, like patterned. Um, and, <laughs> and he's like, so, so this one's patterned foam. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I had like some, it was like one inch foam I got from the craft store and, and a stapler. And I just <laughs> mashed it around till it looked like Link Hogthrob. And <laughs> he was just sort of taking it a little back. Like, all right then. But, um, and then he got uh, offered an internship on uh, Sesame Street. And so there's this first sort of exposure to, you know, as Savannah said, is this a job? 
Yes, yeah. it is a job. Look at all of these people. This is their job. This is insane. How? <laughs> there we go. You know, and uh, it cemented in me the just the possibility, and uh, that was that's that's sort of how so much of this starts. I had a company doing puppets in the nineties. Uh, we did some stuff on QVC for a few years on, on Q2, their second <laughs> network, uh, with Victor Yared, who's a very talented puppeteer and friend. And, um, eventually, um, I worked in television for about 10 years on the technical side because I was what I went to school for and I enjoyed it. Uh, but all the while I was just making things and restoring things and collecting original props from movies and networking and meeting all of these great folks that um, it turned out uh, weren't displaying stuff the way I thought they could or weren't caring for things in the way that maybe they could be or didn't know or, uh, you know, maybe there were pieces that were deteriorating that no one knew what to do with. Um, and I just sort of took it on myself to figure that out and say, you know, Stuff can't just fall apart. Uh, it's, you know, we've got to do something. <laughs> um, sure. And I, uh, that's that sort of the spark. You know, it started with uh, touching up some of my own pieces and seeing the work and liking what I had done and liking the way I displayed my own pieces and asking me to make displays for them. Um, and, uh, and also just uh, still making monsters and sculpting cantina aliens because I was just obsessed with uh rick baker's team and Stuart freeborn's team and you know all of these great talents that worked on that scene um and just trying to for myself collect a bunch of heads <laughs> <laughs> um and it turned out that was actually a really good idea that paid off later so, yeah so let's let's go. talk about that because you ended up creating cantina aliens for a super bowl commercial tell us yeah, about that, that what that was cool. Um, <laughs> she said that I created Cantina Aliens for a Super Bowl super, commercial. Super Bowl. Got Is that it. that's sports? That's sp it's sports. Sports ball. Yeah. Got super yep. Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Got it. It's that it's that thing where there's um, really cool commercials interrupted by stuff that Frankly, uh, a lot of people I know don't actually watch. Yeah, pigs um, yeah. being thrown around—that's what it is. I, I'm a, that's like gross. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, that was really cool. So yeah, I had. Um, so first of all, when, had grown. when did this take place? How long ago was? So this, this? is 2012. I think was the first sort of Cantina commercial we did, okay. and the um the shop had had grown a bit for um you know about seven or eight years it was out of my house uh and then um we uh, moved into a studio in early 2011 um uh, it was like you know the one room in the house then the garage half the garage then the whole two-car garage <laughs> and the room in the house and then some of the basement and then my wife wanted to park her car in the garage and then mm. i was like all right well i'm probably up for a studio anyway so <laughs> um but uh and i had a few folks working for me uh full-time which was good and the uh 
folks at Volkswagen were looking f- to recreate the cantina for the follow-up to their Vader Kid commercial. Um, and if anybody's oh, curious about what I'm talking about, uh, shameless plug, go to TomSpinaDesigns.com, yeah. search for cantina, search for Super Bowl, or just go to the sculpture section and click Star Wars and licensed work, and you'll see all sorts of fun alien monster stuff we've done there. Um, and uh, they w- so Volkswagen went to Lucasfilm, and they said... Um, you know, we, we want to make this scene. Can we borrow the masks that were used in the movies? Uh, which is, it wasn't possible for two reasons. One, Lucasfilm Archives really only has Walrus Man um, and none of the others. And he also looks totally different. He was changed sometime before Jedi. And now in Return of the Jedi, when Walrus Man shows up in the background, he's got weird hair and these extra little tusks. And it's very strange. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No idea what happened there. Just accept um, him for who he is. When you lose an arm, you, you change completely. <laughs> that's right. He said, maybe if I change my face, people will look up here. That's right. Um, <laughs> my eyes are here, buddy. You know. Um, I think, I, honestly, my guess is that Stuart probably tried to reuse him for something. Stuart was a notorious Pat Rack, Stuart Freeborn, who made uh, a lot of the aliens and stuff for the first Star Wars Um he, uh, I'm almost certainly sometime between Star Wars and Jedi, he thought they were going to reuse him, whether it was for, you know, Empire, maybe as a bounty hunter or some other production and thought like, well, if I just do this and change his eyes and change that, like, (laughs) keep the hoof hand, they'll Um, never know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Pablo has the best um, Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm has the best uh, explanation for the hoof hand, monster hand switcheroo on on Walrus Man. Oh, and he came up with it on us. the spot. <laughs> so yeah, we were doing one of our panels, and we get to the point where we're talking about how his hands change, and you know it's weird. He starts off with these big you know hoofs, and then uh, when they show the close up on the ground, it's a monster hand. And it was just because it was an insert shot, and they didn't have the hoof. They borrowed a Wolf Man hand from Rick Baker. Um, <laughs> But Pablo's sitting there, and he just starts chuckling, and it's like, what? And he goes, what if it's like a hockey fight, and the, the hoofs are gloves? <laughs> oh, my and like gosh. when the fight started, he just dropped the gloves like a hockey player does? And I'm like, oh my that's God. exactly oh my what that is. That's so good I and so Canadian. That. <laughs> I love awesome. that. Oh my god! Right, just just dropping the gloves. It's, uh, oh, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> so Panda Baba was actually the aggressor, and we have proof. That's, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Obi Wan um, felt threatened. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the Volkswagen people call up Lucasfilm. They say we don't have them. Also, if we did have them, they'd be falling apart. So you wouldn't really be able to use them anyway because they're too old. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Luckily, both uh, Pablo and Steve Sansweet um, had known of my work and or were friends um, and, uh, you know, said to them, you know, what you really need is somebody like Tom Spina, who's already sculpted a bunch of these because you're short on time. And, you know, he could probably use some of the molds he's got. And um, very lucky for us, they called. I had actually was on lunch when the call came in and I uh, got a text message with like the text version of the voice message. I, my old system used to send me a message when it would come through. It was like an email. And I'm looking and it was just like this garbled thing. It was like Steve Sand Sweet and Pablo at all ago uh, canteen. Like it was this jumbled mess but it was enough where I was just like 
we're going back to the shop right now. I need to hear this message. Oh, see what <laughs> Somebody's and, in trouble. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> What's that, Timmy? <laughs> what, Timmy <laughs> fell in the well? <laughs> it's like chewy. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it means yes. <laughs> so I, I would say long story short, but clearly it's neither of those things. Uh, the we we got the job. We had about three weeks to pull together a whole bunch of aliens and a couple of makeups. So we did um, uh, makeup for Dr. Evazon with uh, new prosthetic and all of that stuff. Uh, we pulled a few castings out of existing molds that I have uh, had to fill out, um, make some of the aliens. We did brand new sculpts for some of the other ones um, and uh, and just had this awesome time. Uh, Working crazy hours, bringing in all the extra help I could, and and making cool Star Wars monsters for the Super Bowl commercial. It was just a crazy gig. How much um, did you freak out when you actually heard the message, though? Like, did you stay calm, or did you freak out? <laughs> uh, oh, I was fangirling on the inside. Um, <laughs> Being but cool I, on I, the no, outside. I was, I was pretty. Now I I was very excited about that gig. There's no no two ways about that. <laughs> yeah, it's. There's I, I, the only thing I could even think could be close is if somebody said like you know we need you to work on a new version of the Muppet Show or something like that like that would be in a similar level mm. but seriously that cantina scene means so much to me uh, just as a creative person and a Star Wars fan that to be asked to help recreate that in any way was um, just outstanding and, and then, then no less you know, for the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. yeah. For real. Well, and 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 I still remember packing up on set, uh, and Brian Lewis, who had sculpted some of the aliens with us, and as uh, an old friend, equally obsessed with the work of um, you know Baker and Berg and Tippett and Doug Beswick and Rob Bottin, all those guys. Um, we're sitting there and we're packing all the aliens into our crate, and. I'm being real careful with all of them. Aww. And he jokingly goes like, yeah, you better be careful. You know, we'll need them for the next one. Ha ha ha. And oh, sure enough, within a year, we're on a set with Nerdist and Billy D. Williams and Pat Oswalt with even more aliens. I remember <laughs> um, that video. I think that may it, have been the first time I heard of you. I think that's the first time I ever heard like about Tom Spina oh. designs was because of that video. They made a cool behind-the-scenes video that went with it. Um, right. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's what uh, what you saw. Yeah. But um, that was a lot of fun. Um, it was a very hot set. They, I, I don't know, they had AC going, but it wasn't enough. It was roasting <laughs> in there, um, and it was really cool. So, like over the years, uh, I've gotten to know so many amazing people. It's really like. Um, not lost on me how fortunate I am. Um, but I, I, like, I got to know Rick Baker from uh, restoring the original Mer uh, American Werewolf in London for Bob Burns, who's a dear friend. Um, and Rick was uh, hard to believe for me still. He was very impressed with what I was able to do there and um, was really, really just super and, and reached out and uh, you know, is, is now a, a, a friend. It's weird. Uh, it's super <laughs> cool, though. And, and you know, so I invited Rick to that set because I knew it was, he was in town. And I said, you know, hey, if you want to see, we're making this this thing with Billy D. Williams' cantina thing. <laughs> um, and he and Dave and Lou Elsie, who uh, did the Creatures for Episode 3 and um, Farscape and Wolfman with Rick and all of these other amazing things, uh, 
who mm-hmm. I also know a bit, they all came down um, and just, you know, uh, it was really just cool to see them going in and soaking this up and seeing the uh, our recreations and, and picking them apart a little bit. Um, but uh, it was just amazing to, to be able to have that moment of like, you know, here's, here's somebody from the first time around, <laughs> you know, yeah. and sure. The, what was inspired by that now, now you know 35 years later some such dude and now so, yeah and now you get to play dress up in the cantina at celebration like the last i think the yeah. last <laughs> two celebrations stateside yeah. you have had yep. like alien parties at for the star wars show <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, and it's funny too. Yeah, we did we did another commercial for Boxbusters for uh, Spin Master Toys. Um, there have been a few other uh, video projects, and it's just it's really cool. We've got this nice sort of rental stable of aliens and costumes we've been building up over the years and uh, uh, expanding on. We actually just found our like the coolest thing. We actually Chris Travis uh, found the vintage jacket that Snaggletooth wears in the holiday special, like this vintage wow. ski suit. Yes, I saw and, the photo. Yes, me and Gordon Tarpley on uh, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, I think it was Elliot Sirota called it Zutton but Trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like the Snaggletooth gang. Hey, man. You know? right. <laughs> but, um, but it's just so cool. Like, you know, we, we had... Uh, we had made one of our own years ago, and it actually just got destroyed by a cleaners after a gig. And we're like, ah, darn it. All right, well, I guess we'll remake it. And then this turns up, and I managed to find a couple of them. And it's like, yes, you know, not only are we replacing, but it's like the real vintage jacket. I love stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the Star Wars show is so good to us. We, we've done so much fun stuff with them. Um, and uh, your brother to wrangle a heck of a lot of aliens at the last Star Wars show for us. He I was wish our, you our knew. There, I wish you knew how happy that made him. He literally <laughs> talked about that. He still talks about that, actually. And the funny thing is, so so he talked about that after Celebration Orlando, but I had to rub it in his face at Celebration Anaheim that I met you in the little cantina set. And immediately after oh, yeah? I met you, I called him and I was like, guess who I just talked to? And he's like, who? And I was like, Tom Spina. And he's like, no, you did not. And I was like, I totally did. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you're a, uh, you're well, a celebrity in the Kiefer house. I guess so, yeah. Well, when I'm in a cantina, I suppose I'm, uh, you know, what is it, like big man on camp? Like big man on cantina or something yeah. like that. I don't know. We just call him Woo Her. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to put on some weight and let my hair grow. Yeah, no. <laughs> and get prejudice you know, the, against droids. <laughs> One of the coolest things that uh, Pablo and I found doing, so we do these cantina panels at the Star Wars celebrations, where if you haven't been, uh, the next celebration that comes around, please look for it. It's a lot of fun. We basically deep dive into that bar and find all sorts of weird little facts and uh, um, surprising things that you might not know. Uh, But Mm -hmm. one of the cool things that we found is a lot of the headshots for the human actors that were in the scene. Oh, Um, wow. And... I, for years, uh, looked at the shots of uh, the cantina bartender in, you know, things like the Chronicles and, and of course, in the film and stuff and looked at him and, and knew that uh, Nick Maley and, and Stewart's other guys had done, you know, makeups on some of these guys, all of the, the quote, the uglies and the local ugly men, mm-hmm. as they called them. Um, and I'm looking at the bartender and I'm going, OK, big fake 
foam latex mashed potato nose, uh, <laughs> eye bags, fake eye bags, the uh, you know scar here, fake, that's fake, big bushy. It's like totally like this guy's wearing a ton of rubber on his face. And then it's like I see that headshot and it was just like, whoa, <laughs> all of it was there. <laughs> oh, my the gosh. Only thing they did was they had put one little extra scar on him that they wound up even taking off before they went to film. They were just like, no, no, it's too much. That just was his that actual face? Bit. Oh, yeah. That's his face. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> Brian, you went to that panel, right? Oh, yes. No, okay, I was yeah. there. I remember <laughs> the telling you. incredible. <laughs> I remember telling you about it the panel, is, right? but I couldn't go because I was working, but I was like, please go to this and tell me everything about it. But, oh, yeah. So I, wow. I don't miss that. I've been, I've been to two now. And uh, nice. th- this one, Thank yeah, you. this one, Tom had the the headshots up on the screen, and you're like, "Whoa, oh that's different. That's very different." Yeah, oh, it's it's, it's really strong. The, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, one of the crew here, when I was going through him, he's like, "That's a lady killer," by which I mean he's probably murdered a few women, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> you don't get a bar like that easily. How did no, you guys? No. I mean. Sorry, how did you guys decide no. on even having that panel? Like, how did you come up with, oh, you know, there's enough stuff in the canteen that we could have a whole panel about this? Yeah, that's a good question. It was very organic. It's weird. Um, Pablo and I uh, became friends because he had a website in the early 2000s called the Indexed Trilogy. And he, as far as I remember, he only ever got through most of Star Wars. I don't think he ever got through the trilogy. But um, <laughs> what he was doing was going through the shots of the movie and looking deep into the photos and just sort of saying, like, what's happening? What am I, you know, what kind of neat stuff is in here? And finding things like, well, you know, these little bits of set on the blockade runner are actually hanging over the chasm in the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the panels that you see here are the same panels there. Or my favorite, Life Debt Schmife Debt, which <laughs> he picks up on that when Greedo stops Han, the next time you watch it and Greedo shows up and he's like, you know, going somewhere, mm-hmm. um, Chewie is still in the shot. And just keeps walking. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and it's just amazing once you see it because he's like, you're now on your own. I never. He's like, yep, nope, I'm out. <laughs> he's he's only the best friend when the camera's like on him. Yeah, it's like it's That's like in right. episode yeah. seven. He just walks past Leia. It's like she's fine. She's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got this. But uh, so you know stuff like that, and then looking on the in the backgrounds of the most Eisley streets and picking out different costumes and people, and. Uh, it resonated with me because doing the same thing <laughs> and uh, that started these conversations. And eventually we talked with Mary Franklin, who was uh, heading up, you know, entertainment at the, 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 the shows there, the panels and things and said, like, I think we, we have enough kind of behind the scenes juice here that we could do a cool behind the scenes of the cantina panel. Um, and the first one just went over great. Uh, we got to, John Berg was there. Who's just a wonderfully sweet man and super talented guy. Um, it, if um, if people don't know, he you know he worked on the Adats and the Tauntauns, and he made Hammerhead and the Given Alien, and worked on some of the others with the the rest of the crew there on Rick Baker's team. Um, and we had Maley who worked with Stuart Freeborn's team, and you know did some modeling on the Uglies and helped make the Fly Alien, and uh, helped work on Yoda and all sorts of other stuff. Um, and 
they just each had these great stories from being on set and from being part of the crew. And Pablo and I had dug through the Lucasfilm image archives and pulled out all this great stuff that no one had ever seen before. Um, and we've tried to just keep up with that. And every one we do, we find new pictures no one's ever seen. We've found video people haven't seen. We've got uh, the last few times we've got some video from Rick Baker, who uh, who did a little thanks to the, the fans and, and told some stories about the, the making of stuff. And, um, yeah, they're just they're super fun. They're super, it's it's clearly an obsession both me and Pablo, and it's just nice to be able to share that with other uh, dorky folks who enjoy. Sure. And the last panel, you the last two, I think you've named characters that have previously been unnamed after someone in the audience. Yeah, pretty um, great. We've just, I think that we might even have done that three times now. Oh, um, wow. I have to I have to look at my notes, but yeah, the we don't we've done the panel at Salt Lake Comic Con as well, mm-hmm. uh, a different version of it, but uh, only at the Star Wars Celebration do we ever do a naming thing, and and we usually we find some way to randomly pick a person in the audience. Um, we named the uh, there's there's a guy in there that everyone called Fu Manchu for years. It's basically <laughs> Terminal Man, but with a mustache. Um, <laughs> I can't think of Terminal Man's real name right now, and I'm I'm terrible at that. I'm much better at crew names. So, like, um, if you hear Rick Baker talk about the Cantina, everybody's last name is Guy. It's oh, yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. There's there's Band Guy, Skull Guy, Devil Guy, <laughs> Brain uh, Guy, Demon and guy, I'm just like Panda Baba. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, but you know, so we had this this one guy that looked like Terminal Man, but uh, different paint, and he had my. We can. Uh, Paolo was obsessed with like, who is this this weird guy in the background? There's no good pictures of him, and um, and I look at it and I'm like, that's clearly the same mask as Terminal Man. It's one of Rick Baker's rubber Halloween masks that he made to be like a Frankenstein character. Um, wasn't made for Star Wars, and they they cast up a second one. Someone painted a little differently, and they slapped a mustache on it. <laughs> and uh, and I show it to Rick, and the first thing he says is like, "Yeah, that's my Frankenstein, but I don't know who put that stupid mustache on." Oh my <laughs> god! There we go, mystery solved. Uh, so he had given out uh, cards for uh, for Tom Spina designs to everybody in the audience, like like little handout cards when they came in. And on one of them, we drew a mustache on the Snaggletooth head that was on the card. Oh, my gosh. And whoever <laughs> had that card, we then named that alien after that guy. Um, so uh, it became Braconner Bakiska, uh, <laughs> which was this guy, Brandon Connors. And the Bakiska was actually named after Rick Baker and Lane Liska, who both worked on the scene. Wow. That's cool. So, that's it was a lot really of fun. really cool. It's a great band. The last one, if I remember right, Pablo and I each sketched, or maybe it was just Pablo. We, uh, I know we sketched a, a yep. Gotal alien on one of the cards, and mm-hmm. um, I think we had sketched two different aliens on there. And it was just sort of like, if you got the card with the sketch, you're the winner. You know, it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. It was good. That's awesome. Thank you. So now tell us a little bit about Regal Robot, because this is your newer company. You do a lot of Star Wars yeah. licensed furniture, and it is like the coolest thing ever. Thank you. So uh, Regal Robot comes out of the uh, – it really is all sparked out of work we were doing with Tom Spina Designs. Richard Riley, who's worked with me for decades now, uh, is uh, – 
an absolute genius and and uh, foam carver primarily, but um, he he and I always felt like there could be more done in the way of introducing theming into people's homes and and coming up with um, sort of this combination between props and furniture and sculpture and really finding just you know uh, almost disney park-esque ways to bring some of this stuff into people's houses um uh and we had a grammy award-winning musician mark hall had come to us and said i want a star wars desk and we were like finally someone wants (laughs) like someone gets it we had been dying to do something like that so we sketched up a bunch of different ideas and um Mark had asked, like, can we do anything with Han Carbonite? And it's it's problematic from the start. You're like, well, it's not a flat surface, and then it's big, and, like, how do we do this? And eventually, you know, we hit on this idea of laying it flat and putting posts around it, and, like, how do we hold it in the air? And for me, it was it was like, oh, no, you need the Carbonite chamber lights on the side of it or something. And we came up with this silly desk that uh, we felt like was pretty cool, but it it's wasn't amazing. until we put it on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It well, is. we didn't know everybody else felt that way. Like we were like, all right, this is cool. Like I'm, I'm anxious to put it on the website. So we put it up on the site after we finished, and you know, it, the, it went bananas. Pre this before Facebook, before Twitter, and all of that too. This is like 2007 or something. And there's, it's just, it's we start getting tons of email about it, and I'm like, well, we made it as a one of a kind, so I don't know that. You know, uh, and I didn't want to get in trouble with Lucasfilm or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I had had friends over there who were writing up to me about it. And I'm like, oh, man, this is everywhere. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was just one of these weird viral phenomena before you know, there was this real big social media thing. It was just on blogs everywhere, hundreds and hundreds of them. And we got I, I, it was a site that normally got 600 image views a week suddenly or, or page views a week suddenly got three and a half million or something like that. Um, and uh, like I'm, I'm on with the host and I'm going, Oh yeah, I guess we got to up our bandwidth, but what the heck happened? (laughs) And it all pointed to that page. I was like, Oh, all right then. Um, so that just kind of said, like, hey, maybe we're on to something. Um, and so we did a few other projects like that uh, and always just had it in the back of our mind, like, you know, somebody should run with this. And we we talked with some of the existing licensees about maybe doing it. Um, and we wound up doing other work. So, like, Sideshow, we made a Cantina band member uh, bust life-size for them. We uh, prototyped their uh, life-sized Boba Fett, the Empire Boba Fett that oh, they wow. have, which... Uh, really complicated project um, <laughs> boba fett sure. has a lot of parts oh, i don't know yes. if anyone's noticed this <laughs> yes um and but you know super happy with with uh, working with them and, and what they were able to do with that and we, so we talked with a whole bunch of other folks and and eventually it just sort of became clear it's like okay this is just gonna have to be us i think mm-hmm. um and uh, it just took a little while for us to be in the right position with Lucasfilm to have met the right folks at Disney and Disney Consumer Products. And um, the idea of making Regal Robot was simple. Uh, when I described what Tom Spina Designs did earlier, uh, it took a long time. <laughs> and I thought, 
if I have to do that every time I try and talk about our license thing, <laughs> it's just not going to work. So we need something that can have its own identity and literally just be about new ways to bring the things people love into their lives and to do furniture and art. And that's it. And it's just so it's furniture, it's decor, it's art, it's things for your home, it's things that for your shelves, it's sculpture, it's um, anything from, you know, sort of the, the very simple stuff like director's chairs and, and things like that to uh, a brand new, uh, really cool version of that Han Solo and Carbonite table. Um, and uh, it's just been a really, really interesting. Uh, ride sort of taking this from concept to creation uh, and seeing how people react and getting to debut at Star Wars Celebration was awesome uh, and and uh, running out of our little Mandalorian mini skulls that we do <laughs> the little Bantha skulls that people went nuts for and and we had to ration them you know we yeah. just had a, a you know a bunch for I think we had like a hundred each day for the first three days and then that was it and that's the fourth day came and it was like sorry we just taking orders, um, making them as fast as we can, uh, because we're still, we make everything stateside, uh, even the little stuff that looks mass produced, you know, we're painting every piece on those little skulls in our shop in New York by hand, uh, because we have a certain commitment to it. And I like the way my folks paint and I want to <laughs> make sure that people are getting what we've, uh, what we've promised them. Um, and you made a do-back couch. <laughs> we did. sure did. How in the world did... <laughs> Who said I need a couch that looks like a dewback? I did. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> My hands in the air. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I mentioned before that Richard Riley is a genius. Um, Richard Riley has this habit of saying, "You know, it'd be cool," uh, and a little bit of a southern drawl, and then like everybody stops and listens, and like somebody like, some paper write down because it's gonna be cool and. Uh, usually he will say that at the end of a project, like after we've already priced everything, gotten the client's money, started building it, and then he goes like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if we added lights over here. And it's like, darn it, that's going to add like $400, but we've got to do it. That would be so cool. <laughs> um, he's always adding work. But in this case, it was like, what can we do as a photo op for Celebration? Like, I wanted to have something interactive. I wanted something like a sofa that people could sit on or in and, you know, really connect with what we were doing. And uh, it would be something that everybody would want to take a photo of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, true Richard Riley fashion, you know, it'd be cool if we turned a do back into a sofa. And it's just, <laughs> yep, yes, it would. That's what we're doing. Like, immediately, like, okay, stop thinking. We're, we're there. You know? This is happening. Um, yeah. And we had, uh, we were very lucky. Stephen Lane uh, has uh, an original Dubak head from the, uh, the maker of the Dubak for the first film and uh, graciously allowed us to scan that. Uh, from there, we milled it uh, in, a, in an EPS film. So it was like a big Dubak marshmallow head. Um, <laughs> the milling didn't capture all the fine details. Though, so we went in by hand and Richard did all this hand carving of all the scales and details and things like that. Um, and it was a really cool piece. Um, it, in fact, someone actually, uh, just put that on reserve and they're, uh, the, it's, it's, uh, it's going to a new home and I'm, I'm very happy that, uh, Dewey, as we called him, Aww. uh, is, has found a great home with, a with a collector in the States. And, um, 
yeah, super fun project. Though. Like that, that to me, especially that first movie style do back head, that original yeah. practical prop head is so iconic to me. And that image of the sand trooper riding the do back that was in the, the little portfolio that you could get at the movie theater when you went and saw the movie, um, I mean, it's a guy in skull-faced armor riding a dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be the greatest movie ever, you know? Um, And that's just one of those things. There's so many images like that, especially in that first movie that just grabbed me. And, uh, And I love finding ways to bring that to life in a way that, you know, I don't think anyone's done that before. <laughs> so sure. there you go. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about Regal Robot is every item that you guys sell has some sort of nostalgic tie to it. And one of my favorite things that you guys sell is the collector case table. And it looks like the original action figure case. And when you open it, it yeah. actually has all the dividers. And I think they're removable, but it's neat that... Yep. You can make it look just like that actual case that most people and, had and when they were kids. And it fits twelve-inch figures. That yeah, is so you can. Thank you. It's super fun. That's it's it's one of these things where, you know, that's our era, that's our time, and um, we are nostalgic by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's why that's why these films lasted as long as they have and have spawned mm-hmm. so many sequels and prequels and offshoots and side things and TV shows and action figures and dolls and yada, 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 bears and chickens and penguins. Uh, <laughs> wait, no, that's Muppets. Um, but the, uh, you know, and yeah, so that's always going to kind of permeate. And for us, we love the details, mm-hmm. you know, so Savannah is already, uh, you know, in the loop on some of this stuff. But um, we've just launched all of these new products, and um, almost every one of them, to me, has some little element of nostalgia to it. You know, we uh, have this line of cafe tables, and in there, one of them is the chest emblem from Boba Fett's armor. And it's the sort of thing, like, you know, to a casual fan, it's not a huge detail, but Star Wars doesn't have casual fans. No. (laughs) Um, We're crazy people. (laughs) Yeah, look at every you know, detail. and then we've we've got one that looks like the uh, we we were called it like the Death Star counter downer thingy. Uh, <laughs> it's that table that the rebels are overlooking in the first movie. That's like you know the Death Star has cleared the planet. That kind of thing. Um, and Chris Trevis did artwork on that for us. Um, we've got director chairs that um, feature the you know the the Mandalorian skull from. Uh, the or Bantha skull, as I always called it, from mm-hmm. uh, Boba Fett's armor. Um, everybody at, at home probably calls it a Mythosaur skull now, but it was a Bantha <laughs> skull for like 30 years, so I'm sticking with that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and in it, when I'm in my head and we're designing that, I'm like, well, it needs to be a, a wider look to fit on this. And so, you know, 14 kill stripes on the side of his helmet. Let's take those, split them in half, put the skull in the middle, and, you know, here are these, here are these iconic details um those words that almost don't go together <laughs> they're not even you know it's the the those stripes are such a minor thing but to a fan you look at them and immediately know what that is yeah. that's mm-hmm. boba fett like it's it's that sort of thing things that things like color things like shape they, like you know these these little bits and i love that stuff i love finding those elements and seeing what we can do from those you even have the Blue Harvest logo on the back of a director's yes. chair, which 
only Star Wars fans are going to know what that is. Other people are going to be like, what yeah. the heck is a Blue Harvest? Right. Why is this in with the Star Wars sector? They must yeah. have made a mistake. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's the depth of this fan base, though. You know, they yeah. know the secret code names of the movies. They mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, the, the crew shirts that had Blue Harvest on them and the hats. And uh, that was actually one of the first director trailers I tried to do when we were launching. And wound up getting pushed back. There, there was some, you know, question with legal, like, is that doable? Can that be done? And uh, when it came time to do this wave two of, of um, I think it's six new designs, um, I made sure that we got both Revenge of the Jedi and Blue Harvest in there. Because to me, that's that connection to when I was a kid. And there was a theater that had the huge Revenge of the Jedi poster. And I was waiting for that movie. And eventually, you know, Return of the Jedi shows up. And we had no internet. We didn't know the name changed. <laughs> it was just like, wait, what happened? Um, but... Uh, but that's the sort of thing that, uh, like you said, it's that nostalgia. It's that vibe that um, I just I love it. <laughs> I love it, too. And the people that understand that type of nostalgia and all those details, those are the type of people that are seeking out Star Wars furniture. Like, the average yeah. person isn't going to seek out Star Wars furniture. But people like Brian and I, who are crazy and oh, yeah. <laughs> only think about Star Wars <laughs> during the day, Right, we're looking exactly. for that stuff. And that's why I was so excited when you first told me about Regal Robot, because I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I've seen a lot of people do, um, like, R2-D2 refrigerators, and I'm just like, why would mm-hmm. R2-D2 be a refrigerator? Like, <laughs> right. I don't get it. This makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it just looks so yeah. cheesy, And it, but your stuff is like, so well done and you have stuff Thank for you. every type of fan and every budget range also like yeah. you know you have the little bantha skull that can fit in the palm of your hand and you can have it as like a paperweight on your desk or you know mm-hmm. on your table or whatever and then you have things like the dubat couch and the han solo <laughs> right. desk and and yes. everything in between which which i really yeah. like because i feel like a lot of companies that do high-end product don't offer anything for people with a smaller budget, and you really give a good range where you can make custom products for people who are, what did you say, Grammy-winning musician or whatever, right. like, <laughs> for people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just, like, it's a good range, and there's something for everyone um, in all and, types of and fans. And we really try at that. I, I appreciate you mentioning that. Like, that's something that we make a real effort for, and this this... Uh, latest sort of refresh um, we've got we're, everything that, that just sort of came out to me is, is a nice sort of low and mid-range stuff there's the new director chairs they're all in those are on the low range we've got uh, these the series of $299 pub tables cafe tables uh, available in two heights and with six different tops to choose from um, and, and they're, they're all awesome. really cool I have one and it's <laughs> um, amazing <laughs> <laughs> and which one do you have? I have the Dejeric table. Nice. From the Millennium uh, <laughs> So it's it's the metal-looking top. It's a photo top on these to keep the price at a good point for folks and to keep it nice and smooth. But it looks um, like metal. But it was, yeah, we, we, we put together a really cool sort of spun metal top for that look. And, uh, um, and you know, it pairs nicely with the Millennium Falcon and Han Solo Bloodstripe. Uh, director, director chair. chair. Yeah. Um, but, I want to get so the hollow chest like pieces. A, oh, it would be so fun to do those. Yeah. I, I'm absolutely in love with those monsters. Uh, and then we've also got the uh, the all-new 
uh, Emperor's Throne inspired armchair, oh which gosh. is <laughs> this, you know, uh, faux leather, soft, comfortable, functional armchair that swivels on a beautiful chrome base but it is the it is the style of the emperor's throne and to anybody else it just looks like a really cool sort of mod style chair um but to a fan it's instantly recognizable as like like, i'm a sith lord (laughs) right yeah zappy 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 zappy. (laughs) you know that's that's my hands making the lightning. So if anybody <laughs> didn't, all right, never mind. Um, jokes are better when you explain and everyone knows that. Um, That's how I but, do it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, random aside, I actually got to cast my hands doing the zappy zappy. And what? Uh, we did them for mannequins for the Lucasville archives for their, uh, one of the touring. So the emperor's, uh, episode three sort of emperor robe is on this mannequin doing this happy uh-huh. and uh and those are my hands those are your hands them and cast them. yeah so, it's, it's pretty cool so if i high five it do you feel it Just um yeah it's okay, it's a good. little yeah, i'm new to this aren't supposed to touch it but um, they do all the yeah, time as I'm long just, as you're quick yeah. about it and nobody top, sees you know yeah, I'm like, if you're just <laughs> hanging out at the house, and every once in a while, I'm just up top. All right. Yeah, you just get a message. You just get a message from me, being like, "Did did you feel that?" <laughs> right. It's like, Stop it, Brian. You yeah, know, okay. just keep testing, testing, testing. He's gonna be Brian's <laughs> gonna be out, over I'm there busy. with the emperor, trying to like talk to it like Ray and Kylo do in the Last Jedi. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, yeah. put a shirt on. Can you see yeah. me? <laughs> I'll be next to the mannequin. Just stop. Tom, can you hear me? What what is he doing? Right. Is he talking to the mannequin? No, no, no. The guy. Okay, you don't understand. He's casting right. his hands. He can Let hear me, me if I talk to his. If I talk to his hands, he can hear me. No, he's not right. here. He's. Not, you wouldn't understand. Brian, wouldn't when I it. said talk to the hand, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Dunk. Perfect. But now anyone could be can do their own zappy zappy hands in this chair, and it's uh it's a fourteen hundred ninety nine dollars, and actually uh right now. Uh, all of these brand new products, and as one bonus item, we've got our pewter limited edition Mandalorian skull, all on sale for twenty percent uh, off with wow. the code New Force Twenty. Um, and if you go to our website and click the blog, you'll see the post. It'll tell you all how to save. And um, it's a really good time to come see Real Robot and and look at all the neat stuff we're doing. You're really kicking Force off the new sword. year, right? You, you are. We're trying, yeah. We, we wanted to uh, – I'm just excited to get this new stuff out there. It is um, it is such a process on the other end of things when you're developing official products. Um, and it's just – it's so exciting when they're, like, ready to go off into the wild. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's um, probably exciting, just, too, when you see people post pictures once they've ordered something from you and when they have yes. it in their hands. like. Not that Love I'm a clothing that. designer, but being involved with her universe, when I see clothing on line sheets for like six to eight months, and then I'm at Disney World and I see somebody wearing that outfit, I'm like, oh, oh my it's gosh. real. Like, it's it's the yeah. coolest thing to see it, like, in the flesh oh, yeah. and with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or or when you get that, that first resin copy out of a mold and you yeah. flip over to the back and you see little, you know, copyright LFL Aww. and Regal Robot, and it's just like... Wow, we did it! We like that. We made a Star Wars thing, um, and, and it's every licensed. time it's equally cool. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. Sure, sure. I I have I have fun. a request. Sure, I, I have a request for for something. I don't care what it is. 
whether it's a, a paperweight or a t-shirt or something that says uh, SPGA on it. Nice. We got some, <laughs> something. Hashtag Spaga. Hashtag Spaga. <laughs> I <laughs> would those deep dives. love to do some something with that. I uh, We I were mean, talking about trying to come up with some kind of giveaway maybe for the next Cantina panel or some ooh. sort of, I don't know, maybe a celebration exclusive piece for Regal. I don't know, there could be something there. I, what, I, whatever gets it to me. <laughs> okay, right. <Yeah. laughs> well, you know, Brian, Regal I mean, Robot also has a custom studio. And at the custom studio, folks just like you can request their own one-of-a-kind licensed star wars memorabilia dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's almost like you've set me up for that <laughs> it is we didn't discuss Isn't that ahead it? of time folks. that was awesome um, <laughs> but yeah no that is the sort of thing where if somebody's you know had a wild hair as rich calls it for something it's like <laughs> man you know nobody ever does anything with the turret from hoth and they were just like you know man a rebel turret as a side table next to my couch would be great and you're um, just like i got you <laughs> right yeah like we got you just come on in there's the go to the custom studio page fill out a request and we can talk um but that's that's the sort of thing that's kind of to me one of the most exciting things we get to do we just wrapped up a, a, a few new custom pieces and in fact those are now in the custom studio section there is now a section for uh past custom projects um and in there you'll find things like a giant oversized wookie bandolier that we made as wall art for someone what? um what? The, that's so cool. uh, we, for the same person we made a wookie bowcaster in all metal that functions as a sliding door handle uh, for this oversized door to their home theater that they covered in wookie fur. Um, oh my so, goodness. Yeah. Who is this person? It's, I want to be their friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, the same me thing. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's like, I, that's just the coolest thing. I love the brainstorm calls, you know, where, where someone comes in and they usually have a kernel of an idea or they have a favorite scene or a favorite character. Um, but you know, give us two out of the three, and we're you know we're good. Tell us what it needs to do, and then what you're into, and then we'll figure out like okay, he loves Chewbacca, needs a handle for his door and decoration for the wall, and then we throw a bunch of different ideas back and forth, and everybody you know has this this really cool fun process of figuring out. How do you do that? What could those things be? And then suddenly it's something new that no one's done before. And this person now has. And I love that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, so, so you're saying yeah. like if there if there was someone theoretically that was like really into Qui-Gon Jinn, like they can come yeah. to you and be like, hey, I like this character. Uh, can you brainstorm with me? And you'd be like, of course. Right. So, yeah, and right now we have uh, Classics and we have Solo. Um, oh. we're, we're talking about the rest of the film. So, But let's say someone came and said, like, you know, I really like the way Chewie looks in this new movie. What could we do that, you know, perhaps evokes that? Or the new Millennium Falcon's awful cool. What could we do there? Uh, there's... Uh, this, that's the sort of thing where they could come in and they could say, well, here's my budget to create some concepts. Mm -hmm. And they can commission us to concept art together and to come up with things you know, literally just for them. And it's an official Star Wars product. 
You know, there's plenty yeah. out there that are limited editions and, and things like that, but how many people can actually say, like, This I, is the only one. I, yeah, this is the only one. And it, it was sparked from my own ideas. It was, sparked to my, it was made to my needs. Um, it's a really cool one-on-one kind of service that you just don't find in a licensed arena at all. And um, I love that we're able to maintain that. I love that we're able to do that with Star Wars and to still have that direct connection with fans and, and folks who, frankly, are just like us. You know? Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, super fun. Your job super is basically fun. just making people's dreams come true. <laughs> if you really think about Mostly it. Mostly my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I guess in a way, yeah. If I, someone's dream is to really have a nice piece of, you know, Chewbacca art, a bandolier art on the wall, you just made that guy's yeah. dream come true. Yeah, true. that's I, amazing. You can't argue that's, with that logic. No, I can't. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, boy, she, I'd love she's to. Got but you. She's got you there, yeah, Tom. I know. <laughs> Foiled again. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> you could hear my fist shaking in the air, right? I did that. The fist of uh, fury. <laughs> wait, Brian, stop high-fiving me. I'm sorry. Uh, I, can, I knew you could feel it. <laughs> How long have you been doing that over there? <laughs> Fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every second. Oh, goodness. It's for science. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. This was really awesome to hear about how you started Tom Spina Designs and Regal Robot. But before we let you go, I want you to tell mm-hmm. people where they can find you online. Sure. So, uh, TomSpinaDesigns.com, also at Tom Spina Designs on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook. Uh, and then uh, regalrobot.com and at regalrobot on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and then also YouTube for both of them as well, at Tom Spina Designs, at regalrobot. You can find us there. We've got videos. We've got um, all sorts of fun stuff in the works, too. You know, Regal, uh, like I said, was just updated with uh, 13 new products and a bunch of uh, past custom products. A uh, really big refresh for us. And we have so much more in the works. I'm, I'm like, it's very hard for me not to share the stuff we're working <laughs> on because I get so excited about everything we're doing. Um, but I hope folks together, I hope they love what they see. Please, uh, if you've uh, picked up anything from us, tag us and post pictures. We love that. We'll share them. And, uh, you know, I just look forward to, to seeing everybody online. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. We had a great time. Thank you. I appreciate it. And yeah, it was all right. Of course. Brian, before we go, where can people find you online? Uh, at Jedi Brian everywhere. And you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the dorky diva. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Savannah underscore Kiefer. Uh, we also want to thank all of our patrons for supporting the show. Uh, thank you, Chris, Brian, Joanna, Sherry, Aaron, Kristen, Enrique, Jen Marie, Tom, Daryl, and Anthony. Thank you all so much for your support. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Brian and I will be back very soon to discuss uh, Star Wars Rebels. We're a little nervous about it, but it's going to happen. Um, Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We will see you soon, and may the Force be with you.